listening to Bricks and Clicks, presented by MarketScale, with your host, Jennifer Kalo Ruskin. Hey there, Jennifer Ruskin here, and I have been selling into Walmart, selling, well, I've either worked for Walmart or sold into Walmart for now almost 15 years, and I wanted to share with you a couple things about the dangers of price increases. So for a lot of companies that I work with for Walmart, they eventually need to raise pricing with Walmart. And just this last week, I had an experience happen where one of my clients presented a price increase to one of my buyers and to one of their buyers. And the price increase was done in a pretty hasty manner. So they went into a price change scenario did some pretty steep price increases against my recommendations, didn't tell the buyer anything about it or even shoot an email like, hey, this is, I'm gonna give you a heads up here. Just did it, sent it over. And to say the least, the buyer was very unhappy. Um, She felt completely blindsided. And not only that, but the price increases were so big. Um, One was like over 30% that she felt a little bit kind of like lied to, I think. Um, So she was not happy. So I wanted to let you know what can happen if you don't, if you don't kind of treat this really delicately, if you need to do price increases, if you don't do it, this is what can happen. So I wrote down some numbers and, and so she, let me just continue on with the story. So she comes back and she says to my clients, well, I'll have to accept your price increase. I understand that you need to have this done. She asked for more information. Um, like, why are you doing these price increases? And they came back and said, it's a raw material issue. And she came back and said, well, none of your competition on my shelf is giving me any price increases, just you. And she said, well, I'm going to accept it, but this is going to mean major stores, like major store removals for next year. You're going to see a big significant change in how many stores you are valid in. If you're a Walmart supplier, Walmart uses the word traded, you're traded for. So my suppliers kind of went on their their little own way. And then um, they got an email from my buyer a few days ago that said, you are going to have an 80% decrease in one of your items, a 70% decrease in another one of your items. And the other item that he has, a third item is going to be relatively flat. But the problem is that the two items that they're losing 70 and 80% of their store counts are pretty high dollar volume items. The one that he's keeping is like a 99 cent item. So this is not a win. This is a huge deal. And so I sent a note back to my clients and I said, I hope that price increase was worth it. Even though I mentioned that you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, You just lost $342,000 in one year. $342,000. That's the damage that one price increase had on my clients. So I wanted to give you some tips today on how to handle price increases, hoping that maybe you will listen to me, although my clients didn't, maybe they will next time, but in hopes that you'll listen to me and that you'll be able to preserve all of your space and all of your items on Walmart. Okay, tip one. When pricing new items, leave a little bit of wiggle room for things like raw material increases or shipping increases, which we're seeing now in 2020 with such a demand for trucking. Um, And of course, raw materials are always going up. So leave a little bit of wiggle room, 10, 15, maybe even 20%. Now, if you're a Walmart buyer and you're listening to me, you're probably like, don't give this advice. We want everyday low price. 
But if you're a supplier or a brand listening to me, you need to cover your ass. So you need to build in 10 to 15, maybe even 20% of a little bit of wiggle room. Here's how to know how much. If you're in an industry like, let's use electronics, for example. If you're in an in a, in a, in industry like electronics and you know that you're going to have a raw material increase every year because of the history of you being in this category, and you know that that increases, let's say, 5 to 10% every year, maybe that's high. I don't know. We'll just use even numbers so that it can be an easy example. Then you need to make sure that you've built that in for a good year or two on your Walmart item that's sitting on a Walmart shelf so that you don't have to immediately go back to your Walmart buyer in the next year and ask for a price increase. Okay, tip number two. And this one is the most important one that hardly anyone that I've ever worked with has actually done. But you need to actively and constantly look for ways to lower your pricing on every item that you have in store. So that means somebody on your team, maybe, I don't know, in operations needs to be tasked with sourcing additional raw materials from another supplier or another country. How can you, you know, what are five different ways that you could use a different material or go to a different country to lower your cost? When you are able to lower your cost of your raw material, then you don't pass the savings on to the retailer. Again, Walmart buyers would not agree with me, but you're going to just be quiet. And you're going to take that extra margin because you know that in the future, you're going to have another price increase on some other raw material. So you're constantly trying to find ways to kind of combat the ever increasing raw material or shipping increases that are happening by you being proactive about constantly lowering your cost. One really great example, let's stick with electronics. I've worked in electronics with for Walmart for years and years and years. And one of my clients, uh, previous clients, was really, really good about constantly sourcing the next battery source um, and trying to find ways to, to lower the cost of the batteries inside whatever it was that we were selling. So I don't have an exact example right now, but if you have a battery that costs you 50 cents, what's the latest and greatest model that's now a price reduction going to cost? And then how can you put that inside the same model and sell it to Walmart or whatever retailer that you're in, Best Buy? Um, I don't know where that came from. It just popped in my head, Target. Um, and, then, um, and then you're going to see a little bit of a, of a margin increase, right? Because you're sourcing from a different battery. But you know, maybe um, other mechanical parts inside of the unit that you're selling, prices increase prices may go up. So again, you're constantly looking for like new wire sources or new other raw component sources that you can decrease cost in. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, one other thought, I, I have a lot of food clients. And so we're constantly looking for, and, and premium food clients in the super healthy space. So we're constantly looking for like, what's another, another healthy oil that we can use that might uh, burn the same way, uh, but, but then be less expensive. Or instead of using um, this seed, can I use this seed? Or just what's another way that we can reduce costs so that you don't just constantly have to continue to increase your costs back, your retails onto your consumer. Okay, third, and these are in order of um, easiest, like least resistance, least hard <laughs> to more difficult. So you want to start with leave it, giving some wiggle room to all the new items that you put into stores to, to make up for a, an actually 
like majorly needed price increase, right? Two, you're going to be constantly actively sourcing ways to lower costs on your current items. Don't just set it and forget it, which is what most of client, the clients I've ever worked with do. They're like, yes, we got placement in brick and mortar. We are good to go. We're going to leave this item forever. Well, what's going to happen is as the item components start to age, you know, and each year you're, you know, you're using like old batteries and old pieces, it just gets more expensive. And I mean, like, uh, technologically old, not like code dated old. Okay, so the third one is swap items out that are currently on shelf for something with a higher margin. Here's how to do this. So let's go back to electronics and food and I'll give you some ideas because I've done this with clients as well. So for example, back to my client in electronics where we were selling like a, a battery pack of some sort, um, some sort of, um, yeah, it was some sort of a battery item. Um, so not only was my client working on number two, actively constantly trying to source the new item, but also looking for ways to maybe put a, a better new improved model with more technology on shelf that also had more margin. So what you would do is during your line reviews or whenever you get access to this new item that you wanna put on shelf, you have a conversation with your buyer and you say, hey buyer, hey Mr. Buyer, We've had this item on shelf for a while and we feel like it's time to upgrade and improve what we have going on there with the latest technology. So what we'd like to do is swap that item and just do, there's a couple of things you can do, especially with Walmart, you can do an in and out. So if the, if the, the item isn't changing too drastically, you can do just a, like a running change, which means the item number doesn't change, the placement doesn't change. You'd have to make sure the footprint of the item is, is exactly the same so that it doesn't mess up their mod, um, which is the set that the item is placed on, if you don't know what I'm talking about. So one idea would be to just do a running change on a new and improved item with the latest and greatest technology. Um, you could even put something like new lithium battery. I'm making that up. I don't even know if that's like the latest battery, but um, you could put like new lithium battery, like a little burst or a little sticker on the front of the package to identify that these are new and improved items. So that would be one way. A second way would be for you to tell the buyer, hey, we have a, a new smaller footprint model with the latest technology that we'd like to swap this item in and out for. And instead on that, you would create a new item number, you'd have a new UPC, you'd have to make sure that the footprint of the item is not any larger than what you currently have. It would need to be the same size or shrink. So again, the buyer doesn't have to adjust the mod. And then that's another great way to change. So those are two similarly, two similar ways that you can swap out the current more expensive model that doesn't have margin for something very similar or better, give the buyer and the customer an upgrade, and then make sure that you're back on track with your margins and that you're making money with the item. Okay, same thing for food. Um, you can't change the size of the ounces and have the buyer still be happy about that. Um, so you're going to have to find another way, just like with the battery, new and improved ingredient, new and improved oil source, new and improved chia seed, whatever. Okay. L let me stick on this for one more second. This is a really great practice anyway to be constantly checking on your item, the buyer's projected rate of sale. And if, if your item isn't meeting the expectations of the buyer, then you know the item is already going to go away when the new mod review happens. So be proactive. So use this same exact scenario when your item is not meeting a category threshold. So a third option with this tip number three would be to completely change out the item. 
if the item isn't performing anyway, it's not reading, it's not meeting your margins internally. I would think I've had buyers that have been open to you completely swapping out the item. So I'll make up an example. Um, I'm in vinegar right now. Let's say that I currently have a vinegar glaze that is like jalapeno and it's just not selling. It's just not performing. The customer doesn't understand it. I'm going to go back to my buyer in vinegar and say, this item's a dog, but we don't want you to take it off the mod completely and us lose our space. Instead, we want to trade it for fig or raspberry or banana or like whatever the hottest flavor is. And you can completely trade the item out or you can say glazes just aren't working, but we really are doing amazing with balsamic vinegar. And we have another item with the exact same footprint and about the same price that we feel like would be a great alternative. How do you feel about swapping the item out? So same thing as my second scenario, which is all you have to do is have a new UPC, get a new item created, link the items so that you can, you know, move them through your replenishment and keep them on the mod. That's what I would do. Okay. Tip number four, if you must increase pricing, be transparent and be reasonable. So the biggest thing that my client didn't do was a stop and ask for my advice. They just ran and did it. <laughs> you don't have to ask for my advice, but if you have someone in your world that offers consulting that has been working with Walmart for a really long time, please go get help. Like don't just willy nilly do stuff or you're going to lose potentially $342,000 a year. Uh, but, but seek some counsel would be my first step. Two would be be completely transparent with your Walmart buyer at all times anyway. Always be, always, always, always be transparent. If you don't, it will bite you in the butt every single time. So what you want to do is I'd say six months prior to your price increase. At, at that time, you basically know you're going to have to increase prices. You're going to start to have a conversation with your buyer. Mr. Buyer, we, we want to give you a heads up. We're seeing a big increase in chia seed. Again, making this up, no idea if chia seeds are increasing. We're seeing a big increase in chia seeds. And so we try to buy out a year in advance and we try to lock in our prices. And it's just, we're still not making enough margin on this particular item to be able to continue to sell to you and us still make a profit. So I wanna give you a heads up. We're gonna to have to increase our pricing by 5%, 2%, less than 10%, whatever that number is. I'm giving you a heads up now. My plan is to um, enter this into the price scenario 90 days, more than 30 days in advance and give you time for you to be able to talk it over to your leadership and get approval and then go ahead and we'll do that price increase. That's the conversation that you need to have, not do the price increase change and then all of a sudden realize you lost almost all your stores. Have the conversation be transparent. Tell your buyer what exact raw materials you're having an issue with, how you've already been proactive about trying to make sure that you're locking in the lowest prices possible, or give them detailed information. Like um, I know during COVID, there were so many people building and adding on that the price of lumber skyrocketed. Um, your buyer may already know this information, but go ahead and reiterate it, show documentation, show what's happening in the supply chain world, um, and that you are doing your best to help Walmart with their promise of everyday low price. You always wanna kind of stay in that really humble mindset. So the second part to this is be reasonable. Do not go to your buyer with a 35% price increase. Like that may work in lumber, but that's not gonna work in a chia seed or in the in my client's uh, aspect, right? You don't wait three or four years to ask for a price increase. It's okay to have to consistently ask each year, 
but you have to go back to the be transparent and be reasonable rules. Um, so you wanna keep your price increases as low as possible. Make sure that you're still making money as a supplier to Walmart. And I would say lastly, no, you can always say no, right? If you're going to a buyer and you're saying, I have to do this price increase or we're not gonna make any money on this item at all, it's not worth having the item in Walmart stores. So maybe you have to walk away from that particular item. Maybe you need to suggest a different item that the buyer take. Um, maybe it, you're just not in Walmart at all because it's, it's not worth selling a million plus units a year to lose a million plus dollars a year. That equation doesn't make any sense. It's better to not lose any money and just not even be in there, right? So know that you're always at choice. Feel the empowerment of that. Know that you can always say no. Um, and then just keep tips one through four in check. And then I think you're gonna be fine. You won't run into any issues. Hope this was helpful. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.